Hey, I'm Amanda from Trifecta Fitness. We're proud to be Clarksville's new Get Fit headquarters. Trifecta Fitness is a state-of-the-art spin and strength training studio. Our spin studio is truly one of a kind in this area, complete with 20 state-of-the-art live fitness bikes and an incredible sound system. Our strength training is done in small groups of six or fewer, and all of our strength and spin classes are scalable for every level of experience. Come see us in the heart of Clarksville, just behind Mapco at the corner of Old Trenton Road and Wilma Rudolph Boulevard. Call us for more info at 931-542-6265 or download our Trifecta Fitness app for a full list of upcoming classes. In October 2019, Arlington, Texas was chosen to be the home of a new national museum, unlike any other. The National Medal of Honor Museum will be a unique home of military history. The 100,000 square foot museums will house exhibits, archives, and artifacts relating to the 3,500 U.S. troops who have been awarded the medal, the nation's highest honor for valor in combat. The museum will have 31,000 square feet of galleries dedicated to U.S. troops who have received the award. The museum CEO, former Navy SEAL and NASA astronaut Chris Cassidy said the museum will focus on education as much as preservation. The building will have five areas dedicated to Medal of Honor winners from the Army, Marine Corps, Navy, Air Force, and Coast Guard. The main gallery will be located in a central plaza under a 25,000 square foot slab of steel, which will appear to be suspended in midair. It will be supported by five pillars. Black Rifle Coffee is a corporate sponsor of the museum, as are the Dallas Cowboys. The museum's board also includes over a dozen major corporations and six Medal of Honor recipients, including David Bellavia, Patrick Brady, and Britt Slabinski. Army Staff Sergeant Bellavia was awarded the medal for clearing an entire house by himself on November 10, 2004, as a squad leader in support of Operation Phantom Fury in Fallujah, Iraq. He killed four enemy fighters and wounded a fifth in close quarters battle. Army Major General Brady flew and coordinated the evacuation of 51 seriously wounded men during a firefight in Vietnam in January 1968. Slabinski, a Navy SEAL chief and team leader, led a rescue team of SEALs during Operation Anaconda in Afghanistan in March 2002. Slabinski and his team flew to a mountaintop ambush site to rescue Petty Officer First Class Neil Roberts, who had fallen from the back of a helicopter. Slabinski led the team through almost constant combat against an entrenched Taliban force. Along with the board members, former presidents Jimmy Carter, Bill Clinton, George W. Bush, and Barack Obama serve as honorary directors. The museum is expected to open to the public in late 2024. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back. Fit Nation. We are a show founded by a veteran and hosted by two veterans and a military spouse. Our mission is to get people to tell their story to the world. If you're an author, share your tips with Ms. Fitnation. If you're a musician or actor, our audience needs to know how they too can get into the business. Coaches, we love our coaches. Come on and share some of your tips with the Misfit Nation to help them become better versions of themselves. If you're a corporate leader or an entrepreneur, come on and share how you did it and how hard you have fought for success. If you are a veteran, first responder, or Gold Star family, we would love to have you come on and just share your story with the Misfit Nation. We always have time for you. 
If you're feeling down, alone, or starting to see the darkness, stop. Think about those who are around you. You are not alone. You will be missed. If you feel like your problems will be a burden to those in your inner circle or are embarrassed, dial 988. If you are a veteran, take option one. We need you to keep pushing forward. Don't make a permanent solution to a temporary problem. If you're a new listener, welcome to the Misfit Nation. Be sure to subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast apps and also on our YouTube channel at the underscore Misfit Nation. Subscribe and click the bell to keep you up to date with our latest episodes and all of our news. You can also find us on Heroes Media Group and About Face Radio. Now, let's get to the show. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to our it's our Take It Home Thursday episode tonight of the Misfit Nation Live on all our socials and of course about Face Radio. Thanks that Adam Bomb for passing it over to us and having a safe ride back home from the station. Uh, tonight's another, just as uh, the other night we had a, a shout out to my better half for her birthday. Tonight we have a shout out to our resident hillbilly, Jay Collins' wife, uh, Mickey, for her birthday tomorrow. Mickey, you have a great day tomorrow. Make sure Jake takes care of you and does everything he's supposed to do. Tonight on our show, we have a, an awesome dude. I just read his book. You're going to love listening to him. He's also from Jersey, so we have that, that link together. He's a Jesus follower, a serial entrepreneur. He's an author, keynote speaker, Spain aficionado, aspiring paella chef, Brazil, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, black belt, and Spanish coffee addict. He lives in northern Colorado with his wife and two children. He exists to inspire and ignite entrepreneurs to own and live their lives and business with excellence. So without further ado, let's welcome Matt Schaup to the Misfit Nation. Welcome, Matt. Rich, thanks for having me. How are you today? I'm doing great, brother. Uh, it's great to finally get this thing going. As we're talking in the green room, we've uh, had a lot of swings and misses to get this thing going, but uh, I think we're going to hit a home run tonight. I, I hope so. I know we will. And yeah, we've had a lot of life go on, I think, with both of us. So I am happy to be here with your audience and you would love what you're doing. So so thank you. Thank you. Uh, I just gave you know your quick blurb about Matt. So if you don't <laughs> mind, give us a, a little bit more about Matt from as far back as you want to go to how we got to where we are today. You know, it's it's funny. I turned 42 here on Sunday and I'm looking back to the environment and the story I have and the things I experienced. And, and I just sit here and like there's no there's no way that God couldn't have been involved in this story. I should be dead. I should be in prison. I should be disappeared somewhere. I, I grew up. I got bullied a lot on the playgrounds in New Jersey, was super smart, super creative, really good at math and school. I get done with all that pretty quickly. And I just got in trouble a lot and I hung out with troublemakers. And um, while I'm doing that, and nobody's really leaning into this, like, hey, this guy's creative, you know, nobody knew about this entrepreneurial thing, I was getting in a lot of trouble, and I um, was really fearful of the world, uh, just from catching whoopings, you know, like 80s, 80s, New Jersey playground, like there's a lot of that going on. And I knew where I fit in the pecking order. And our family ended up moving to Northern Colorado. So <clears throat> we, we totally changed the environment, the scenery. And I land here in Loveland, Colorado. I'm 10 years old. And I asked my parents for a couple hundred dollars for a boom box. You know, I remember the CDs, CDs came out in the 90s and everybody had had their boom box. And they said, we're not going to give you money. Find a way to go make your own. And I had the whole summer ahead of me. I didn't know anybody. I had just gotten into town. I was cutting their grass for $4 a week. So I took the lawnmower started walking down the street, knocking on doors, 
and just found I had the gift of gab and storytelling and asking for things. And a uh, little old lady paid me like 15 or $20 to cut her grass and then said, you know, come back next week, do it again. And I was onto something. So that, that was my intro into business and entrepreneurship and marketing and just, you know, having a desire and a goal for something and going after it. And it really gave me a deeper sense of purpose and confidence and belonging. And then I'd go back to school and get beat up, you know? So it was like, I want to do this business thing. Like, all right, let's get to school, figure out how to finish school quickly as possible so I can go work and make money. And I would say, you know, on the not so healthy side, uh, money became kind of an idol. I figured, hey, the more of it I can have, the more of it I can make, the more worth I'll have as a, as a person. And um, that's not always a good thing, right? It was, a, it was a fuel and a motivation for my business, but that's where it all started. And, um, you know, I sit here today, we've got six companies in Northern Colorado. It's the claim to fame per se was back in 2005. You know, I went from little kid hustling up, lawn mowing, snow shoveling, candy bars, magazine sales, started working hourly jobs. And then I found myself at a corporate bank after four years at Colorado State University. Um, and I've worked for college painting company for those four years, learning about business and marketing and sales. And um, I leave college. I go, I'm not going to paint anymore. That's it's not a real glamorous business. It's not sexy. I made really good money, but I spent more than I made a lot more. And I'm 2005 suit and tie in a corporate conservative bank in northern Colorado, slinging mortgages, right? Like back in those days when the, the BC paper kind of hack shop boiler room, taking advantage of people, no income, no asset loans, you know, all these guys and gals are doing these things and I'm hearing about it and the bank's like, you can't, you can't do that. So um, they fired me. They fired me March of 2005, was recently married, was six figures in debt, had a hundred dollars left to my name and literally got kicked out of a bank. A guy called me and said, go put all your shit in a box, get out, you're fired. And like, that was the beginning of a, of a fun, crazy, exciting journey to where we are today. Outstanding. And uh, I listened to that story and I listened to your book on Audible so I can drive and do that. I made a goal to myself to listen to more books while I'm driving <laughs> instead of blasting the radio the whole time. So that, that book fell in right in line to just link, link up right till this week. So as I was driving out to go work with soldiers, I listened to it on in the field and until right before missions and, and heard that story as man, that, that's a, that's a heartbreaker, but also it was the moneymaker for you. It was the one that set you apart and made you realize what you had to do in life. And uh, one of the, my brother in the chat here, after you said troublemakers in Jersey, he had to say troublemakers like the host because he's, yes. he's still in Jersey right now. So You got <laughs> and, it, Stephen. That's right. And he's still in Jersey now. He hit me in the face with a skateboard as a child. He's calling me a troublemaker. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jersey, Jersey was fun. It was, it was funny. We moved from Jersey to Colorado and it was, just, it was just different. What went on in Jersey did not go on in Colorado. Yeah. Totally different worlds, but at least you kept your entrepreneurial spirit. Uh, we both had little businesses growing up in New Jersey too. I had the, the yeah. snow shoveling uh, market I had for our neighborhood. I had that being my little buddy. I mean, people signed contracts as 12 year olds. It was amazing. We did that, and then, you know, things grew in life. And like you, things grew in life as well. When you started yeah. painting business or M&E uh, painting, and as, I don't want to tell the whole story because I want people to buy your book or read your book too, but there's, that's a great story in the book about the painting business as well. 
Well, and just, you know, thinking back to that time and, and thinking back to growing up, it's like we, you know, I see people, they go through those rough challenges and experiences and, and some people, they take that and they let it, you know, kick them and knock them down and keep them down. And uh, all, all I know and all I've just been doing is just getting back up and, and keep fighting, keep driving forward and figuring out a way. And um, yeah, there's always, there's always a solution, no matter what situation you find yourself in, you know, there, there's, there's gotta be a way. And that's what's gotten me through a lot of this stuff. I mean, we've had ups, downs. Business is just a, it's a roller coaster. My author journey, business journey, speaking journey, everything that I've done, the jujitsu has been huge in my life. But it's, um, yeah, it's a journey. Even your, the jujitsu story in the book is also, uh, I laughed at it because uh, we learned jujitsu in the army and as mm -hmm. it went from hand to hand to uh, combatives, which is based off the Gracie methods of jujitsu. And yeah. we went through the same trials and tribulations that you did fighting that young kid. And uh, getting your getting your butt handed to you a few times while he laughed at you and rolling on the mat, we we went through those same trials and tribulations while trying to go from that hand to hand stuff to jujitsu with with dudes that already knew how to do it and getting beat down until you learned how to survive and beat them up too. So yeah, it's a wild journey. <laughs> we didn't get belts though. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, different different things on the line there. You know, I I, I encourage anybody that hasn't explored jujitsu to do so. Um, it is a, it is a sport and art. It'll meet you right where you are, you know, wherever you are in like your physical journey, uh, a, a combat type of journey, spiritual journey. It really teaches you how to deal with pressure and adversity and figure out different ways to be patient underneath that and wait for openings and wait for times. And that, that journey is really translated over to just business and life and just journey as husband, father, man, all of those things. So yeah, I'd encourage wherever listeners are to go check a check a spot out if they can definitely and i encourage you to if you learn to learn to roll and not get angry when you get beat that's a great thing to do and you learn to you become a better person i think if you can roll and roll and deal with it <laughs> well and everybody i got i got angry for a little bit when i get beat i see guys come in now and they and it's it's this anger also mixed with this like this shock and surprise of how did this guy or gal just do this to me this shouldn't this shouldn't be happening exactly there's no way this little dude just threw me, but he, he got me. And that's, that's life. <laughs> so, that's amazing. And we talked in the green room about the, the art of storytelling, the art of telling your story and, and being vulnerable on the story. A lot of our, like we also talked, a lot of our audience are males, a military background. And there's also a lot of females, military background that don't like to share the story because of their shyness or they don't want, they don't think other people will understand what they went through. How would you tell them to maybe let that go and tell their story? Yeah, I, I, I think for a lot of different levels, you know, for the, for men, there's some levels, women, there's some levels, but I think just humans in general, I think there's, uh, we live in a society where everybody paints a picture of perfection and, and it's really become more prevalent, it becomes more prevalent as social media advances, just go scroll through your feed, right? Everything is like, I just saw three perfect breakfasts, four family vacations, a wedding, a new puppy, like whatever it is, right? Life is amazing. And you just get conditioned. Like, you know, you know, logically things aren't perfect, but that's all of the messages that you're getting. And, you know, I've, I've always said something that painting a picture of perfection, it prevents true connection. So where I found in my experience, both in business and life and just my journey as a man is, you know, when you can open up and share a part of yourself that maybe you have not shared before, you're scared, you're nervous, there's a fear of judgment and you just go first you know what? Somebody might judge you. They might go, that's weird. I don't want to talk about that or get, you know, I'm going to judge you. I don't want to be in your circle. Like that's fine. But 
95% of the time, that other person, they're relieved. They say, really? Like you're dealing with this? You're struggling with this? Oh, you know, I thought, I thought life was great. I didn't know you're going through, Hey, I'm going through something similar right now. And then they open up the door and then that conversation just gets deeper and deeper and deeper. And again, we're not conditioned to do that. It's very anti-culture. It's anti-everything. And then, right, you lay the stereotypical male dynamic over it is we, we've got to be tough. We can't cry. We can't show emotions. And then, right, I have not served. But to the many people that I know who have, they've got that layer, right, of you really can't share that. And these civilians, right, aren't, aren't going to understand what, what we went through. So you have a much smaller circle with I think at least what I've experienced and talked to with vets um, is, is maybe even a deeper fear of judgment. Just like, I can't talk to anybody. So yeah, I mean, I, I have a really funny story. I'd love to jump into it with you of, of how I figured all this out and it happened in business and it happened on a paint job site Definitely. back in 2008. <laughs> I love this story. <laughs> Um, so yeah, you want to you want to dive into that? I'd love I'd love to share. I'd love, I'd love, I'd love the audience to hear this one, and this will really get their juices flowing because it's an amazing story. Well, and I just hope where where anybody sits, right? So maybe you're not a business owner, you know, maybe you're a business owner, but it's not paint contracting. Just overlay this scenario to to your life, and I'll try to make it more of a some broad comparative <laughs> analogies. But it's back in 2011. I was five years into business with my painting company. So perspective on that, I got fired from that bank. I literally took $100, opened a bank account, knocked on doors, just like I did when I was a little kid. And we grew from nothing to a million dollar business in three years. We're multi-million in five. So it's 2010, 2011. And I'm sitting across the table from a really good friend of mine. He's a longtime customer, done tons of work. And I'm about to close the biggest deal of my life in painting. It was a $60,000 contract. So it's like 20 times the size. Just think, whatever you're getting paid with whatever you do a match, just multiply that by 20. Like that was some serious stakes that's on the line. And I'm sitting there trying to close the deal with all of these slick, you know, creative crafty closes. Right. And, the, and Bill's not having it. He just keeps rejecting the contract. And I go, what's, what's going on, man. And I go, what else do you want from me? And he says, Matt, he goes, you know, I know you've done great work for me. I want to know about a time that you screwed up and what you did about it. And it really caught me off guard. I was like, let's try the either or close, right? Like, let's try all these creative ways where I'm going to get him to say yes and do business. And he just stops me dead in my tracks. And I'd never been asked that before, right? Like in what part of life and business do you go out and lead or share a mistake, hoping that somebody's going to going to reply, reciprocate, do business with you. And um, I said, well, you know, we painted the wrong color on a house once. And like, that's not a big deal. That happens frequently. And I said, we painted the wrong house once we actually had the right color. We went to the wrong house. So as I, but when I did that, he leaned in a little bit and I said, hold on a minute. Like I, I just opened up and I still, I still didn't share the big story, but I shared kind of a medium sized screw up and he wanted to hear more. So I, so I kind of practiced through and I tell him, and he's like, well, damn, that's really good. He says, what did you do? How did you handle it? That's, that's a bad day. You literally, you know, somebody came home, you were painting their house. They didn't ask you to. I said, yeah. And he said, I'm still not convinced. I still feel like you've got something better than that. And I said, you know, fine. Um, we painted a baby. And he sits back in his chair and said, you did what? I said, we painted a baby. And it was three years earlier. We were on a job site. My painter's getting ready to spray a door with a big high pressure paint sprayer. He's ready to spray the door black. 
And as he pulls the trigger, there's like a one in a million accident that happens where the gun jams, the little spray tip was turned just perfectly to where he pulls the trigger, boom, paint explodes everywhere, all over the house, the concrete landscape. And he didn't realize that behind him was the homeowner. So mama, homeowner, holding her nine-month-old baby. She had come out frequently during the job. Admire the job, check it out. And um, he, he hears that, you know, that pop. And then, you know, the pistons running on the machine, there's paint everywhere. Then mama's screaming, baby's crying. And I'm not even on the job site. I'm 20 minutes away in, in the next town. He calls me on the phone, hysterical. His name's Raul. And he's like, Mateo, Mateo, come quick, come quick, hurry. Oh my gosh, I paint the baby. And he hangs the phone up. I'm like, what, what's going on? I rushed to the job site. And literally in the, we're going on 19 years in business. That was one of the biggest messes, accidents. Like, what do you do? What do you do? So just to put that, you know, back to whoever's listening, you know, maybe you're going through that right now. Maybe recently or, or years ago, you just had this moment where you're like, I don't know what to do. It, it was a massive screw up in a relationship, in a business, in, in a marriage, whatever that is. And you've got to handle it. So we handle it. We fix it. We clean it up. We, we make it right. It was three to $4,000 of cleanup. Um, just the things that got ruined. We had to repaint a lot of the house. They got paint all over it. But at the end of the day, with that mistake, mom and dad, who eventually came home, heard about it, was, was, was happy. Baby was okay. But I said, you know, we're not going to put this experience in our client manual. We're not going to ask them to write a Google review about it because we thought they, there'd be some judgment there, right? And, and what I didn't realize is we actually, that was the moment that Bill wanted to see from me. Because I tell him this story and then I'm literally like, all right, he's going to kick me out. I'm, I'm out of here as soon as the coffee's over. And he goes, hey, you're the kind of guy I want to do business with. He shakes my hand, signs the contract. And he said, you know, you, you've always told me what you're made of and you've showed that to some degree. But I really wanted to know what would happen when something was on the line. Right. So he goes, you can say you have integrity, but if that's never tested, do you really have it? I don't know. Never seen you have an opportunity not to have it. You know, you run and hide from painted baby. You don't take care of things. So I leave that experience and um, went on this journey of trying to understand what exactly happened. And I basically showed up as the real, raw, uncut, unedited, like, here's all the good stuff. Don't stop sharing that. But like, here's the reality of what can happen and what has happened in business and what, what I'll do if that does happen. And we started interjecting this storytelling process into our sales process. And it completely changed the business. It raised our closing rate. It deepened connections with clients and the people we serve. And then, you know, people internally within the company, they start opening up and becoming more vulnerable. It was a, it was a contagiousness that happened. Um, yeah. And then we did a big marketing campaign. We grabbed my daughter. We splattered her with paint, put her on bus stops, bus benches. She's on the cover of the book. And um, she's, she's 13 now, almost 13 and that was, yeah, about 10 years ago when we did that campaign. So she gets a little royalty. If you guys if you buy a book, it'll, it'll go to her wedding or her college. I think it's wedding before college, though. <laughs> the wedding is expensive, too, so don't worry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, no, I just, you know, at the end of the day, I, I realized that um, what Bill did that day is he, he called me out. He called me out on just being perfect all the time. He challenged me to consider changing my story. And then I committed to doing that. And, you know, the Painted Baby book will really take you through a process of how you capture, craft, and communicate 
a, an ideal story where you can show the real raw version of who you are and you know how you want that to influence somebody to connect with you at a at a deeper level. Definitely. And we also talked in the pre the pre-show about Dave Sanderson, Moments Matter. Yeah. His, his speaking really started with the American Red Cross and his is a uh, fundraising for them after the, the miracle on the Hudson there. I met him, I was doing the fellowship at the Red Cross and my part of my job there was to set up the banquet for him to give a speech. So we set it up yeah. and I was his slide flipper standing next okay. to him. I had to talk to him before I was hitting the next, next and listen to the stories. That's good. And then our uh, executive director right after that day, she said, you've seen him speak. Now you're going to start doing these speeches for us. I said, what? Yeah. I've never shared my story of military service with anybody. Besides my wife, maybe and some of my friends, but so I got up in front of an audience and did that. And the first time was was like a wave of emotions going through, trying to find that one person that's not going to have the lasers going through my soul. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Because there's always that one. It's like you feel like you're getting stripped naked. And I was telling a story. I just kept thinking that Dave was saying his and how he just how he performed. I said, just tell your story. Just be vulnerable. If they have questions, they're going to ask them. And I wanted to do three more for the Red Cross before I started my next job. And I, I always thought back to the, the moments matter speech he gave. And that's what I based my speeches off now. I love that. And, you know, Dave is a, Dave is a great guy. I met him in Atlantic city at an entrepreneurs organization conference. I was there speaking. He was there speaking and they lined, they lined me up to speak right after him. And I'm like, and I'd heard about him like, cause the guy's good. He's done this what thousands, thousands of times. And um, yeah, so he goes and gives his talk and I'm sitting there like blown away. And they're like, Matt, all right, you're up. Oh man. And, and jumped out there. And I was, uh, you know, I was newer into the, into the speaking world at that time, but yeah, anybody, um, you know, public speaking, what I've experienced is one of the scariest things that a lot of humans will ever face. And, and when you're doing that, whether it's a crowd of two, five, 10, 10,000, yeah, they'll always be that one that's really engaged. Yes. And then the one that you think is throwing daggers, maybe, and maybe they are some, some of them do like, I, you know, I've had the proverbial tomatoes thrown and you know, you get, you get, to, I didn't like it. Okay. You know, I get it. Um, but then what's really cool is when you get that one person that comes up and they say, Hey man, your story changed my life. Or, you know, you talk about the bigger purposes, you know, that stopped me from taking a permanent decision for a temporary problem. And there's power in that. I think everybody has a story to share, whether that's on a, on a stage, in a group, in a book. And yeah, and I thank Dave a lot for that. He, he's then introduced me to other great speakers and authors, and he's doing great things in the world, man. So good, good on you, Rich, for, for following in that. Thank you. And, uh, hopefully I can build my speaking side after, after I get these three hustles going at once, out of the way here, yeah. <laughs> have a little more... Uh... I guess a few minutes more in the day I can work with and do things like that. <laughs> well, and you just, and you just keep at it. You know, I'm, I'm, my, my journey is still, you know, it's definitely, definitely progressing and it's just, it's just putting yourself out there, you know, putting yourself out there for the world to, uh, to see, finding, finding your niche and who you want to serve. Um, and then not trying to be somebody that you're not up, up there on the, on the stage or the platform or whatever it is. Don't try to, yeah, don't try to be an actor, be yourself. No, no. That's the best thing one of my former soldiers that I want to like my little brother here, RJ bird. He wrote on here. I used to run with him about three or four o'clock in the morning in Afghanistan. So he says the best writer and storyteller he knows misfit Monica plenty of running stories. So. <laughs> That's all he's going to say. He's not going to share any, he's not going to post any of that. For a lot. If he was, if he was, he's usually a co-host, but he's, he's been pretty busy uh, doing his coaching and stuff right now. So once he gets back to co-hosting, he'll tell a lot of the stories about me too. <laughs> It's good to have him on my side. 
Matt, uh, you also, last week, I think you said uh, you started the Gentle Art of Leadership podcast. Yeah. I know you, you have a cool studio you built, so you have guests come in there and talk. Yeah. So that'd be great for you to tell us a little more about your podcast so our audience can jump over there and listen to you as well. Yeah, you know, what I've, what I've found is that for me, how I define and see leadership is just simply it's, it's my story and your story coming together to make somebody else's story better. So it's just what we're doing tonight. We're getting out here, we're sitting down, just two guys having having coffee, having a drink and, and just sharing stories and experiences. And how do you overcome adversity? How do you make yourself better first and foremost so that then you can pass that on to other people? So yeah, Gentle Art of Leadership, it, it all came about from my time and experience on the jujitsu mats. You know, what I realized being out there is, you know, the first time you step into anything, leadership especially, you know, it is like getting beat up by a kid half your age, half your size. That's what happened to me on the jujitsu mats. But I took that first step. I got a whooping. I realized how deep of a pool that I was in, but I was in it. And there were other people there to support me and teach me what they've learned. And the, the art and the sport of jujitsu, it's a, you know, you try to kill each other. Like you and I get together, we're going to roll. We're going to try to choke each other. Um, and then we're going to stop. We're going to, we're going to hang out. Hey, let me show you how I did that. Let me make you better. All right. So gentle art of leadership. Yeah. We bring people out to our building. I have a really um, highly problematic coffee addiction, but it's really good coffee. So I make them some Spanish coffee. We jump into the studio, sit down for about an hour and uh, just, just listen to their story and what they've overcome, what they've learned and what they want to share with the world. So really it's just a collection of stories from some very inspiring entrepreneurs, authors, ex professional athletes, um, pastors. I mean, we've got some amazing guests coming up and they, they leave that show with some really deep purposeful lessons for the audience. Outstanding. And uh, yeah. I know you're new to it, but I'm sure it's going to skyrocket just like everything else you do. You put your all into it and you're going to market it correctly and get it out there and the world's going to be able to absorb those stories and be able to stack their victories as they go through life. Yeah, it's been it's been really fun. I've I've loved appearing. And year, years ago, I launched a quick little brief podcast. It, you know, I didn't do it right. I didn't understand the, the long game on it, and just wasn't wasn't set up for it to continue and succeed. But you know, you talk about Alex, right? San Filippo, what he's created with uh, Podmatch guys like that that are really paving a way for up and coming guys and gals, right? Just like us that are doing this. And and he's been he's been great. Uh, we're gonna hang out tomorrow. He's in Colorado. Oh, nice. So, yeah, he's he's coming out coming up on the show. That's a that's a great uh, platform, Podmash. I'm glad I found it early, and it, yeah. I, I got a plethora of diverse characters, uh, uh, guests from there from all different walks of life. So it's amazing. Like me and you, uh, I think I, if I look at the timeline, we were supposed to be February. I think it was our first shot. But I think we actually met yeah. probably November of the year before. It was our first contact, and that's how Podmash is. You can get that initial contact. Mm-hmm. One or both of us has to make sure we keep looking. <laughs> you swiped. You swiped the correct way on me, right? Or did yeah. I swipe on you? You. You, you were like, you, I, I had just gotten on the platform, so it was whenever I, whenever I jumped on there, uh, you were one of the first shows that popped up. Like, cool. This sounds great. And yeah, we started talking. We're in August now, so <laughs> it works. It worked out, and that's the way it's supposed to work. I think, and I think that's why how Alex set it up for everyone. So you can do the long game and be patient. Patient and tree both at the yeah. perfect time and are able to sit and actually not rush through a show and not rush from show to show and be there together and be genuine on yeah. the show. I love it. I love it. So what's next? You have so much going on. You have 
you have your show, you have your book, you have your businesses. What's next for Matt? Yeah, you know, it's funny. It's um, I, I over the years we've been we've been building a lot and starting a lot. One of the things I'm really looking at a point in my life where there's this you know addition by subtraction. So we have a company right now that we are listing for sale. Uh, it's a little drywall repair tool. It repairs knockdown drywall texture, and it's it's had a great run. We took it from an idea on a napkin to a patented profitable product. And we're realizing like, hey, we don't have what the business needs to get it to that next level. So we want that story to continue. So like we got that going on. Um, my big passion with all of this, it's like if you go to my website, you go to mattshop.com, tons of free resources. That's why we have the podcast, all of the free tools, books. But then uh, what I've been really dreaming about for years is taking groups of business leaders over to Spain on leadership retreats and adventures. So I'm getting ready to hike 72 miles over six days uh, with seven men. We're going over to hike the uh, Camino de Santiago, the last little section of it, and uh, really just enjoy that beautiful scenery and time together in Spain. But then we're really going to be digging into the leadership concepts that I talk about in Gentle Art of Leadership and really dig into their stories and help them with where they're stuck, where they're struggling and help them get recentered and refocused on things. Outstanding. And uh, we, have a, we have a question from the audience here. What's one of the more shocking stories that you have heard? Oh, good. In terms of what? I mean, I've heard a lot of shocking stories. Gosh, just in general or in business? Uh, in general, I'm guessing, yeah, since you left the kind of big. Hmm. <laughs> one of the most shocking stories I've heard. Let me let me think about that, or Jake, maybe shoot over maybe more specifically what you're what you're thinking about. Just text him. I saw. I can tell you. I can. I can jump. And I saw a guy get gored at the running of the bulls. Ooh. Jake, if that if that helps, he was. We were in a tour group. We did a family summer in Spain, and we did a northern Spain tour. And we stopped. It was my wife and I. Kids were tiny, and I was going to run. And we were with a tour group. There was a big gentleman, another American guy, like six, six, big white Santa Claus beard. He's like 300 pounds. He's like, I'm going to go run today. And I said, well, I'm going to watch you. If you can make it, then, then I'll, then I'll run. And his wife's with him. Yeah. So he goes down, goes out the door, kind of walks up. And then you see, you know, big six, six, six Santa Claus running by the bulls chasing him. And, uh, that, that pass by from the balcony is very short. So then we all go into this apartment, literally somebody lets you come into their apartment they make you breakfast and we're watching the rest of the run on TV. And about 20 seconds later, they're like, Oh, somebody has been gored. Yes. It looks, looks like an American. And this guy's laid out on national TV with a, you know, got the horn through and through and his wife, that's right. When his wife finds out that it's him, we were standing right next to her. So that was a, that was a very shocking thing to see and be a part of. And, and it was kind of crazy. So then I look over at Emily, I'm like, yeah, we'll just, we'll just watch. Watch this one, and uh, we watched yeah. <laughs> and Jake said he feels that, uh, and he also said in business is what he's referring to. Man, in business, you know, I think the most the most shocking thing that I that I went through is pretty pretty frustrating. We had we had a pretty high dollar embezzlement from our painting company. We had about a fifty thousand dollar embezzlement, which was which was kind of crazy. You know, you'd be surprised in the in the contracting industry. Um, there's there's a lot of fights that'll break out you know, paint stores, parking lots and, and things like that. Um, it just, it, it becomes less shocking, I guess, because I've been doing this for, for so long. 
but I still, I gotta, I gotta keep thinking, man. I gotta dig on a, on a real shocking business story. All right, while you're thinking, I'll let you know my, my, uh, my godson and his dad are both going to do the Camino this year as well. It's kind of strange that you brought that up. They, I just talked to them a couple of days ago. They went to India on a trip this year, and and my godson, he's the adventurous, the one of the two godsons there. And he wants to do the Camino with his dad, so they're going to go over. I want to say the end of this year or maybe February of next year. I can't remember the exact day he said, but you say Camino's, huh, I know people going there too. It's awesome. <laughs> now, are they going to do the whole thing? No, they're doing a section just like you are. Yeah. So if you, you know, the tip of kind of the int- the warm up intro to it is you start in Saria. So that's where we're going to take the group. And if you, as long as you walk the last or, or maybe it's just a chunk of a hundred kilometers, you get a Compostela. So it's a big certificate okay. and they write your name. It's this message in Latin. It's a really, really big, cool thing. And you get stamps along the way. So every day you, you get a stamp at a coffee shop. So they know that you've completed that, that distance. Um, so that's a great start. The whole Camino is a 550 mile about 30 to 40 day hike wow yeah, yeah. i don't think my godson will make that yet he's uh, not there yet but I'm sure he can do a part <laughs> yeah no it's it's great and and a lot of people that do that little chunk they'll come back and do different sections or they'll come do the whole the whole thing at once i i'd love to do the whole thing with my family i did the last hundred with my son last year when he was uh two years ago when he was 13 and um, the girls, though, Emily and Haley, they're like, nah, I don't think we're, they're not, they're not going to do that. We'll go to Spain with you, Dad, but uh, I'm not going to uh, walk that far. <laughs> they said, they said, we're going to send them to the beach and then the boys can go walk. That, that's the setup. <laughs> All right. That's about right there. That's the daddy daughter dance right there. Yep. <laughs> there you go. So have you thought of a business story they can share with Jake or, or is it still escaping you? Man, I'm just trying to think of, of shocking he doesn't need world shocking it could be anything you know one, one that's one that's recent is um my pub the publisher that i worked with on on painted baby and they they were a huge fast growing company um growing and growing signing up to work with authors in the middle of production of hundreds of books for authors and we just get a note one day uh that they ran out of money ceo disappeared had spent all the money, um, had done some very, very not cool things and left. And, and these authors are still hanging. I was getting ready to sign to do another book with them. Um, yeah. So that was, that was pretty shocking. And we still don't know what's in the air. I mean, I, the, the, the value and power of having a story to share and what you have to invest in that from a time standpoint, a money standpoint, however you do it, there's different methods to do it. These guys are just hosed, you know, their, their story is paused. They don't know where to go, how to get it out. And look, looking like it was pretty shady what this guy did. Like it wasn't, wasn't on the up and up. And uh, he, he resigned, gave yeah. a real. Oh, go sorry. ahead. Sorry speech. <laughs> yeah, it was a real, it was a real fake accountability um, post that everybody called him out on. I think he's a total, I think he's a total fraud. Um, and, and we'll see, you know, but that, that was, that was pretty crazy. That was probably the most recent shocking one where when I read that message, I was literally about to click and sign and get, get rolling on the next book. And I go, okay, well, jaws on the floor, like for hours, just what, what just happened? Cause you know, what, what sucks about that kind of stuff um, is, you know, business, there's dollars and cents and money, but man, there's people, there's their livelihoods, their stories, what they've invested, what they've poured into things. And just to see all of that literally just disappear. Thanks Jake. Um, 
to see that all disappear. That that was that was super frustrating. I bet it was. And uh, as an author myself, I probably would have went a little crazy at that point if, uh, if, I, if I was already in the process with them to go through that. Think about the man hours, human capital I put into it. And like you, for even Tiny Baby, you had to reach out to all the people that you told their stories in there and yeah. say, hey, can I share? Can I share? And then all of a sudden it's in that limbo area for X amount of time until that all gets legally cleared up. So that's horrible. Yeah. And it's only, it's only been about three or four months right now, but yeah, I've talked to some of those authors and it's just, it's a bummer, you know, it's a bummer, but they'll, they'll, they'll figure it out. Definitely. Another question from RJ Bird here. What's your scariest risk you've taken that's turned out to be a success? You know, I would say the company that we're, that we're selling right now, RJ. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for asking that. Um, so back, back in 2010, we got fired from a paint job. We, as a gentleman named David Sward, he and I went to high school together. We were painting together in college and we're working together with, with my painting company, 010 or 2010. We get fired from a job because we told a customer, oh yeah, yeah, we'll take care of that little patch and texture. We were doing interior painting. We knew that inside and out, but we're not drywallers, you know? So we're messing with this patch. We got a little spray can, sprayed the texture and it looked awful. So we're trying over and over and over because it's a small paint job and we don't want to spend $200 to call a drywaller out, right? To just fix it. It's what we should have done. But it was kind of the best bad day in business that we had because we are sitting in a burrito shop and we're like, why, why did these spray cans suck so much? There's got to be a way. There has to be a way to fix this texture. So he starts sketching on a napkin. Like he's very process oriented inventor kind of quiet. So she draws this thing out, holds it up on the napkin. I'm like that, if we could build that. We could sell that. So we got a prototype made, took it to an Ace Hardware store, did a little demo. And they're like, oh my God, like we, we would buy that. You know, do you have something to buy? I'm like, no, like here's a prototype. We have to figure out how to make it. So long story short, we invest, you know, tens of thousands of, of dollars into this thing. And we just get doors slammed in our face in terms of production, we got it into the big box stores. We were in Ace Hardware, Sherwin-Williams uh, regionally, you know, getting paid slow, right? And a little. And we're like, man, do we shut this thing down? And then we're like, let's go on Amazon. Let's go online. And the minute we did that, we saw that Amazon engine start turning. And, you know, we're sitting here 12 years later with it on the market and just looking at, you know, that at face values. Like we got fired from a job, right? We could have cried about it you know, but we figured something out and then everybody told us it would never happen. So I think just the fact that we turn around and sell that, right? Not that even the dollars, what we sell it for matter, but that was a huge risk where every time we kept stepping into it, it seemed like we were digging a deeper hole and then it finally turned profit and, you know, it took about a decade. See, persistence right there, persistence matters. <laughs> there, yeah. And, you know, it's, but at some point, at some point, I always, I always say too, like th there's a certain point where I think there's got to be a jump off. Right. And I was like, we were, we were getting pretty close to that, but you could be just days away from that. And, and then, and then it hits and you have to determine when, when that is right. You've seen the little, little drawing, right? The guy digging, digging the tunnel, he's been digging and digging and there's just a foot over, there's the big pot of gold. So, yeah. And then I think the other big lesson from that is knowing when you can't take something any further than you've taken it and you've got to call somebody else in, um, Oh yeah. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah. And you've got, and you've got to bring somebody else in or some other resources in to take it or, you know, or sell it. Like there's uh, I've never sold a company before. So this is new. There's like, it's a little baby that we 
created. Now, yes. now it's going away. <laughs> Matt, this has been awesome speaking with you. Uh, audience, thanks for chiming in. Uh, Bird, Jake, thanks for jumping in and getting great questions to Matt and keeping us moving here. And Matt, what's the best way for people to get in contact with you? Yeah, best way, everything you can find on mattshop.com. So right there, it's going across the bottom of the screen right now is his uh, website there. And uh, he has the tools are on there as well. If you go there, just uh, I think it's a two-question form you fill out and you send your free tools yeah. wherever you're looking for it. It's a great uh, resource for anyone that's out there, marketing, leadership, uh, entrepreneurial, storytelling, storytelling, it's all on there. So look them up and uh, check them out and, and maybe get him to be on your show as well. Would love it. And if you're when you're in this area, man, you're in the Denver, Denver, Northern Colorado area, we'll get you out in the studio. Love to have you. Definitely. Uh, hopefully I can. That's where our radio station is right there in Denver, uh, right outside Denver is the about face radio station. So that's that's where we're based at. So hopefully one day I get to go out there and actually see the actual station. <laughs> I'd love it. That would be great. Matt, again, this has been great. Any last words for the audience? Just, just whatever, whatever you've got going on, whatever you're working on, uh, reach, reach out to people, ask for help. Uh, what I've found in my journey is there are so many people willing, willing to help and share and just take what they've learned and pour that into other people. So I'd encourage you to do that. And then when you get to a place in your journey, wherever and whatever it is that you have something to share, don't feel like you're not far enough along or you need to be more of something. Just go share and help somebody and just, just keep that cycle of contribution going. Outstanding. Thank you, Matt. Yeah. Thanks, Rich. This message is from the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. Did you serve in the military? If so, you can obtain a free lifetime pass to more than 2,000 federal recreation sites. These sites are located across more than 400 million acres of public lands, including national parks, wildlife refuges, and forests. The lands host activities to fit any lifestyle, hiking, biking, fishing, camping, and much more. Gold Star families are also eligible for these free lifetime passes. Plus, they cover entrance fees for a driver and all passengers in a car, or up to three additional adults at sites that charge per person. Obtaining one is easy. Just go to the National Park Service website, nps.gov, or the National Park Service app. Thanks for checking us out and being a part of the Misfit Nation. Don't forget to visit our website at themisfitnation.com. It's themisfitnation.com to catch up on all of our episodes and also to get some of that great Misfit Nation gear. As always, be humble, stay hungry, and keep hustling because we are 